0: When justice is done, it is a joy to the righteous, but terror to evildoers. Proverbs 21.15 Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue, a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. My name is David Rudy, and I'm the pastor at Doxa Church. And wow, what a special episode I have for you today. It's actually going to be a two-parter. Roe v. Wade has been overturned, and I am not ashamed to say that I am thrilled. I am praising God today for life. Without a doubt, this is the most incredible political decision of my lifetime. This is something I have prayed for This is a huge win for parents who are seeking to adopt. This is a huge win for all the women who don't have to live with the guilt and shame of having an abortion. This is a huge win for the United States of America. This is just a huge win for life. More people to love, more people to find Christ, and more people to use their God-given personalities and skill sets in this world. I am just thrilled. And how you feel about This decision says a lot about you. I've just told you how I feel, but there's a lot of people who don't feel the same way I do. There's people who are angry. There's people who are scared. There's people who are fear-mongering. And there's even people who call themselves Christians that are being exposed right now. These are self-proclaimed followers of Jesus who have listened so much to the lies of the world that they aren't even rejoicing over the biggest political triumph of our lifetimes, and they're showing their true colors. If you step back and think about it, the last time something this praiseworthy happened in American politics would have to be the Emancipation Proclamation. In 1863, when Abraham Lincoln declared freedom for the slaves. Seriously, just think about that to not celebrate the end of a federal law that sanctions the disregard for unborn human life, to not celebrate the climactic end of one of the most evil things about our country where profitability trumped personhood and where convenience contributed to an entire degenerate hookup culture that has vast negative ripple effects throughout our society, to not rejoice in the end of all of that you have to be deceived. But there's two burning questions that got me thinking this week. One of them was the chorus of chants from the world that women will die because of this. And these overwhelming cries of, we're going backwards and women have lost the constitutional right. Unless you're living under a rock, I'm sure you've heard that. Maybe you think that. So that's the first question I want to cover in these couple podcasts. Will this be dangerous and harmful for women? And then there's this other question. I have always thought about this, heard about this, knew a little bit about this. And it summed up very nicely in a tweet that I saw from Lee Strobel. Lee Strobel, author of Case for Christ, he actually tweeted this out. Roe was an ill-supported political decision built on a bad law and false history, as the Supreme Court said on June 24th. I recognized that even as a pro-abortion atheist at Yale Law School in the 70s. Now the court is admitting it, finally. So yeah, for years I've picked up on things here and there. You know how this is, unless you're writing a sermon or a research paper, you don't always remember the details. But I've known that Roe v. Wade was a strategic, aggressive move from its inception. It was the opposite of what the court's intended purpose is supposed to be. Instead of interpreting the Constitution and making judicial decisions based on law and precedent, Roe v. Wade was legislation from the bench. It was a group of activist judges who pushed through something that had nothing to stand on. So you couple that with these outrageous claims that women are losing a constitutional right And I just had to get my researcher hat on this week. I went ahead and I read the entire 213 page Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization Supreme Court motion documentation. And let me tell you, I am blown away by the logical wisdom, the courage, and the fighting for truth of Justice Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito and the other members of the Supreme Court who voted for this majority opinion. Now, chances are most of you who are listening to this have not read that. Most of the people who are ranting and raving about what they heard on Twitter or the news or on a TikTok video have not read that. But when you step back and actually read what's going on, this is truly a masterpiece of critical thinking and courageous boldness that has dismantled this scourge on our nation and exposed it for what it really is. The abortion movement relies on you ignoring the evidence of your own eyes. It is deeply tied to the second wave feminist argument that gender and sex are unconnected and that biological function is actually an imposition that prevents female equality. Ben Shapiro said something to that effect this week. Abortion has survived in a lie. And those who spin the lie know what it is. Abortion is murdering an unborn child. It's not about women's rights. It's about rights of the unborn girls and boys who are living in the womb. The least of us who have no agency to protect themselves. So there's just so much to say about all of this. But where I want to go with it and how I'm going to organize it is this way. How you react says a lot about you. There's what you could call woke Christians who have their own reaction to this. There's worldly men out there who have a different reaction. There's angry women that are very loud and vocal. It's heartbreaking to see. And then there's also torn and troubled men and women who have either pushed for or gotten an abortion in the past, who have this story that is specifically tied to abortion. Some of them are in denial. Some of them have repented and received forgiveness of God and a clear conscience. But there are so many moving pieces in hard conversations. This is a very hot-button issue. So how do you navigate this for the glory of God? How can you put yourself in another person's shoes, and how can you speak effectively and lovingly to the people around you? that's what i'm trying to tackle here and i'm going to do this by working through these four categories and just breaking them down where they're coming from how to talk to these people and this episode is the introduction and i'm going to cover one of those four categories and then in part two i will cover the other three perspectives So the first category, let's talk about woke Christians. This is the most revealing and most disappointing crowd of all of them to me. These are people who should know better, but are being exposed for what they really believe. And here's an excerpt of this line of thinking. Just to give you an idea of where I'm coming from on this, if you haven't seen this already, this is a tweet. I don't even remember the name of the person, but I wrote down what they said because I thought it was so eye-opening. Remember Prohibition? Bootleggers filled the gap. Think abolishing Roe v. Wade will eliminate abortions? No. Unsafe abortions will proliferate, i.e. coat hangers, etc., Lack of critical thinking skills stymies us Christians from seeing this complex issue in its totality. So, no one thinks repealing Roe v. Wade will end all abortions. Well, at least they shouldn't think that. I guess some people do. Some people who haven't really read anything about it or don't know what's going on just hear headlines. Yeah, I guess some people think that. But making murder illegal, doesn't end murder either. That's not the point. Now, the reason I want to start here is because not only is this a good way to introduce the topic, and some of this is going to get deep. I'm going to try to keep it clean and tidy, so if I use a term later on that you aren't familiar with, please just reach out. Let me know. We can have another conversation. But the Christians are the people who need to quit causing problems and start becoming peacemakers. Many of the woke Christian crowd that is pro-abortion right now, many of those people truly don't know Christ, unfortunately. But there are some who do, and I want to speak to them first because they have the Holy Spirit to open their eyes. You can be a solution to the pain and the suffering and the wickedness that is going on around you. So... Woke Christians, in a condescending tone, scold their brothers and sisters in Christ on public forums. But how did they get to that place? The short answer is they have listened to the worldview of a lost and dying world so closely that they've lost their own bearing on truth. But before we fully go there, let me give you another shade of this. This is a lighter version of the same thing, and this is also something I've seen discussed a lot. Now isn't the time for the church to beat its chest in celebration of a victory in the culture war. This is a moment for us to step up in love. Now is it the time for us to step up in love? Yeah, of course. When is it not? But would you say something like that to freed slaves after the Emancipation Proclamation? Seriously. Seriously. This line of reasoning strikes at the core of one of the world's biggest lies that Christians have been attacked on for so long. And it's really gaslighting at its finest. It's this line of reasoning that says you only care about the life of the unborn, but you don't care about life after it's born. You care about it in the womb, but nowhere else. And if you're saying things like this, you've bought hook, line, and sinker into a trap. The truth of the matter is, Christians adopt at over twice the national average. Christians are the biggest advocates for adoption, for fostering. Churches give millions of dollars and millions of volunteer hours for at-risk kids, for low-income, poverty-stricken, the down-and-outers. The church is doing all of these things, and they have been for a long time, from the very beginning. Christians are the ones who have established most of the hospitals in this country. So Christians are already doing all of those things, and yet the people who are sitting on the sidelines and throwing shade online and the ones who are pointing the fingers, those are the ones who are missing it completely. There's a brilliant man I follow who who happens to be black, who has done some extensive research and writing on this. He's a solid follow on Twitter, if that's your thing. But Samuel Say is his name, and here's what he had to say about this. It's very insightful. Yes, Christianity is one of the reasons why I'm anti-abortion. I'm not sorry about it. Christianity is also the reason why abolitionists were anti-slavery. not sorry about that either. So why is it that woke Christians support abortion? Why is it that the most outspoken professing Christians on injustice support the most unjust practice in our culture? There are two simple answers. The first is the argument for feminist theory is the same argument for critical race theory. More specifically, the argument for pro abortion is the same argument for anti racism. The concept of intersectionality makes feminist theory an indispensable part of critical race theory. Intersectionality, therefore, compels critical race theorists to support not just racial equity at all costs, but also gender equity or reproductive equity at all costs. Therefore, just as critical race theory demands discrimination against white people in order to achieve racial equity, it also demands discrimination against pre-born babies in order to achieve gender equality. This is intersectional argument for equity is one of the reasons why woke Christians support abortion. Naturally, it's also one of the reasons why woke Christians are increasingly affirming of LGBTQ ideology. Their alliance with critical race theory has inevitably created intersectional alliance with feminists and other anti-Christ groups. As the Bible says, bad company corrupts good morals but woke christians who support abortion haven't merely deviated from good morals they've deviated from the gospel that is the other reason why woke christians support abortion many of them are not christians of course not all woke christians support abortion Though their social media posts do not indicate this, some woke Christians are sincerely happy Roe v. Wade has been overturned. Nevertheless, woke Christians who support abortion have become friends with the world and enemies with Christ. They've become enemies with vulnerable preborn babies, enemies with the pro-life movement, enemies with real Christians, and especially enemies with Christ. Therefore, what woke Christians who support abortion need the most isn't pro-life arguments. What they need most is the gospel. And I have friends like this. Many of you do too. Some of you may be listening to this podcast and you are bent out of shape about Roe v. Wade falling and you just want to blame Christians for all of your problems. You're angry and you're hurt and you're confused. Here's what I have to say to you. And of course, this is what I would also advise the listeners to tell other people who are like this many of these people have already made up their minds there's not much convincing you can do but just ask them do you believe life begins at conception do you believe you're in a position to decide if that child can overcome their disadvantages is that your job to decide that before they're even born Everyone's going to face hardship. But do you believe that there are any alternatives to killing that baby? Maybe they'll bristle at that language and fight back on that. Fine, go with it. Do you believe there are other alternatives? What about delivering that baby and putting it up for adoption? There are countless families in line waiting to adopt kids all over the place. If you're talking to a professor of Christ who can't see this, all you can do is kindly and gently point out to them that they're missing the point and they need to just step back and go to the Bible. Stop listening so closely to the world and just listen to the truth of God's word. And one of the biggest indictments against the social justice movement within the evangelical church is that it hasn't produced a greater passion against the biggest human rights violation of our time, abortion. In fact, it's producing more support for abortion. And here's another line of reasoning that I've been hearing a lot. If Jesus wanted a Christian nation, he would have established one, but he didn't. He established the church. Whenever we Christians forsake our call to be the church for the Christian empire, the results are always catastrophic. We are called to be the church, not an empire. Well, true. But look, Christians should never check their worldview at the door when engaging in politics and culture. I mean, where has that gotten us? We should be infusing light and truth into every sphere we occupy. Engaged Christians have done more humanitarian good for the world than any other force by far. Christianity is to think for the entire concept of rights. The Reformation is to think for self-governance. Christianity is what distinguished Western nations from the East. The freedom to believe and worship, or not, is essential to American liberty, but it is acknowledging that policy is not neutral. It will always come from a worldview, and Christians have every right to represent theirs. There's a lot of people that... Shout from the rooftops, voice your opinion, vote, get out there and make your voice heard. But as soon as that opinion differs from the mainstream narrative, you're attacked and you're belittled for that. But a good rule of thumb to understand on what's going on in the the greater evangelical world, some people call it Big Eva now. The louder they are on race, the quieter they'll be on the LGBT issues. And abortion. Why is that? It's because they have entangled themselves so closely with destructive, anti biblical ideologies that out of this misguided desire to love and be accepted, they fear nothing more than sounding like oppressors. And the problem with that is. The world sees a biblical sexual ethic as oppressive. So they're going to equate all of God's truth as oppressive. So these people who claim to know Christ start caving one degree after another until they believe the same lies of the world. The Supreme Court decision in Dobbs versus Jackson, who that overturned Roe v. Wade was a major milestone for pro-life Christians who have been marching, organizing, lobbying, and praying for the past 50 years. These are people who volunteer at crisis pregnancy centers, organize supply drives for expectant mothers. The womb to tomb wing of the pro-life movement talks more about health care and living wages and child care than they do about marriage and fatherhood and family. They speak as if the primary responsibility for supporting women and children belongs to the government, not to men. The Christian vision for society is so powerful because it rests on a logically consistent worldview. It holds that God created this world and that every human life has inherent worth because every person is created in his image. The Bible also teaches that God created marriage, the lifelong union between one man and one woman, and that sex is to be enjoyed within a marital relationship. The culture doesn't need any help convincing the masses that the government is the solution to every problem. The truth is that Uncle Sam is an unfaithful spouse and an absent father because he has way too many households to support. And this is where Christians have an opportunity to boldly declare why a biblical vision for sex, sexuality, marriage, and family brings God glory and works for our good. So for the woke crowd, here's what I would say. Abortion is murder. And even the lost people who perform abortions admit that. Please stop living in the shadows and just start shining the light. Attacking other Christians who have convictions and who are making a difference isn't helping the cause of Christ. And it's time to get off the couch, retire from being that armchair quarterback, and get on the field. Join the thousands of Christians who are making an impact by loving their communities. Our church has supported both the Carolina Pregnancy Center and PSI Love You Ministries in our community. And we're going to do more of that but Dobbs versus Jackson who has happened and it's a victory for life and if you can't get on board with that message please just examine what you really believe because I would have to tell you out of love that if you don't see this as good triumphing over evil you aren't looking at it the way our God looks at it spiritual warfare is real and if you are believing the lies of the world You are literally a prisoner. Embrace your freedom in Christ and dare to be different. That's the only way you can make an eternal difference. Dare to be different and make an eternal difference. That's going to conclude part one. And stay tuned because I'm going to continue this same thought and continue answering these very important questions that are circulating our lives right now. If you have any questions about anything you heard, as always, the dialogue table is always open. Please contact me. Reach out to me. I'd love to hear what you have to say, and I'd love to have a pleasant conversation about any of these issues. You are loved.